1: as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the
0: FDH Lounge.
1: Welcome to the FDH Lounge.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to FDH Lounge, mini-episode 1508. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris with you. And we have one of our favorite FDH Lounge dignitaries here today. Always love talking the pro Graps with Jake Digman, and we are doing this. We are evaluating the beginning of the post Vince era of WWE, something that uh, many of us, quite frankly, have been looking forward to for a long, long time because uh, the product has just been absolute tripe, I would say, for fans it. It of pro wrestling for quite some time. Thank God for AEW as an. Uh, Uh, alternative to it, but uh, as as far as, if WWE can be better, it's so funny, there's a lot of tribalism out there, and it seems to me it's all one way. It's all, especially on Twitter, it's the haters. All I'm seeing from most people who love AEW is the same kind of excitement that Jake and I have right now. Like, oh my God, there might actually be two companies in North America, again, that are interesting watching for pro wrestling. And again, WWE is all you know, there's sports entertainment stuff in there. Vince got it baked in the mix to where a certain amount of that will never go away. But we're already seeing the return of pro wrestling, as we know and love it, to WWE. But, uh, what we think it means, how far it's going to go in that direction, how good it has a chance to get, all of that and much, much more. Uh Ricky, it's
1: always a pleasure. Anytime I can chill in the FDH lounge with a man like yourself.
0: And uh, again, this is, uh, we got a lot to talk about here. We got a lot to get to as far as everything that is uh, going on with uh, this product, uh, the changes that have happened. It was, I believe, July 22nd when the news came down that uh, Vince, uh, oh, okay, well, yeah, uh, Vince was leaving and. And this is one of these things of where it took until the next Monday. That was a Friday. It took until Monday for it to get to, which, yeah. So what a birthday present for you, huh? Triple H getting to run creative. And I got to say, even then, I was a little bit, I've, I've, I'm I've, i happy right now because I've been reserved in my expectations. I didn't expect this to be a panacea. I mean, you get rid of somebody who pretty, pretty much seemed, uh, you know, senile, I would say, in you know, his, his later days uh, as far as uh, his decision-making, the thoughts he had on, uh, you know, creative directions, etc. So the absence of him is one thing, but how much Triple H is going to feel that he's got an ability to do when Vince is still the major shareholder in the company. And it's been a brilliant, brilliant thing here. For as much as people have about Triple H as far as him being one of the great politicians of all time, uh, safe to say, he's still got it because he's talking about in these recent interviews. Oh, nobody could do it Vince's way. Vince was a one-man band. What a genius! You know, collectively we can shape a vision. It's what we have to do because we can't replace him. We can't get inside his head. We have to. So it's basically Triple H is laying out the raison d'etre for, for going in a completely different direction, while, while giving Vince a reach around as he's doing it. Absolutely brilliant politics. The road the uh, old the back finally got the payoff
1: because you know while uh, everybody else was drinking and taking their so much he was the wheel man and learning and observing and you know made his way through and look at that a new day has dawned the uh, who would have ever it that uh, back in the, Mc- the McMahon Helmsley
0: era <laughs> is officially a thing now yeah it's a shoe, Jake it tur- it, it's, it's, a the work, it's the work it's the work that turned into a shoot <laughs> the greatest thing like, I- shoot, and uh, it's one of these deals where it's all unfolding, I think, thus far in in the right kind of way. Now, the the one thing you never want to do in any kind of a circumstance, as badly as change is needed, is, and you go back to, I mean, the worst proponent of them of all time was Vince Russo, but resets are death. You can't, you bro, yeah. You don't ever want to do a reset because you're just basically slapping the audience in the face with everything you've been watching has been, which realistically it has but you've still had the better part of 2 million people that have been watching this tripe over a period of time, and they don't want to be told that it was all worthless and meaningless. And one of the funniest things, this is one of these things of where you and I love deep, deep, deep ironies and stuff. And if you go back to the days of Mid-South Wrestling, one of the biggest enemies of exposing the business was uh, Bill Watts, right? You'd get fired if you lost the bar fight, faces and heels can't fraternize in public, et cetera. But Bill Watts, yes. And who, however, among the old time exposed the business worse than Bill Watts. And here's what I mean by that, because you know, as well as I do, because I know that one of your favorite uh, events uh, probably from the WCW days, was Russell War 92. Stinger Squadron in the war games, okay? You had, and this is right before the Bill Watts era really started, easily the top five baby faces in WCW. They pretty much let you know. These are the five guys. Probably number six, but one or two tiers below, was Ron Simmons. Bill Watts gets the book, and he's like, F it, I don't care. Ron Simmons is my next champ. He's going to win a lottery out of a paper bag just so people think it's even more random. And then he puts him in there to wrestle, uh, you know, Barbarian, who I love. But, I mean, that was mid card as hell putting that match on at, uh, you know, Halloween Havoc. So Bill Watts exposed the business. You never want when a book takes over for it to be, oh, here's the new chosen ones. It, it's worst of all subtext when it's actual text, like Jeff Jarrett in 99 with, you guessed it, Russo. Here, unsurprisingly, none of that thus far. We're hearing talk that uh, Karrion Cross might get the rocket push, might be in there with Drew and Roman Reigns sooner rather than later, but I trust that they're going to do Tony Khan style, and they're going to fatten up along the way if it's going there. you got to feed the guy some wins rather than it be, oh, the friend of the booker came in and is getting the rocket push. Uh, Paul was back to being an actual student of the game where the nickname came from. You've yes. got to believe that he knows all of the, uh, the, the
1: past mistakes that have been made from situations like this. You know, it's funny you mentioned the WCW 1992. It's like a early 90s WCW is a guilty pleasure in my heart. Um, like to the point where if I'm playing like a, a 2K 2K video game, I have a whole universe set up in that time era. Mm-hmm. And I think it's only because. Like most other people, I want to I would actually want to book it and do it right. And now, as you know, because there's stuff that whatever we know, the, um, the Bill Watts rules. Like in 1992, you're going to take jumping off the top rope. What is that? Right. <laughs> you know. And at the same time, one of my favorite factions of all time, the Dangerous Alliance. Very, very underrated. Very un, uh, underappreciated, I think, other than by the most uh, hardcore fans. Yes. But tying that back in. To the uh, WWE landscape right now, I agree with you that, you know, we're not going to see a, um, you know, that we haven't yet. Okay, we're going to take the whole deck and just shuffle it and turn it upside down, you know? We're not going to do like, you know, Tinder
0: Mahal all of a sudden it's the world champion. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Remember that? (laughs) Been there, done that, threw up on my t shirt. Yeah. yeah. It's one of these. I I do have to say, though, there is far less casual fans than there were back in the day. So I might be completely wrong on that. Now that I think about it, the number might be a lot closer. Yeah, you might be. They ran a lot of them off. But this is one of these things where, again, so much of what they're doing right, and this is exactly what I would have anticipated in the short term, and what I would anticipate going forward, is just getting the basics right. Because Vince, somewhere along the way once he got the monopoly post-WCW, stopped doing the basics. And it's a thing where, again, continuity is no longer the enemy. It's no longer one of these things where, uh, you know, you fail to take into account what you've done recently and whether it's logical or not. Uh, you know, the, the old Conan line of does this make logic, you know, and, and this is one of these things where that's actually being considered again, lo and behold. And just, uh, what, it, it's so... Basic and obvious, some of the things that they could have done from, like you said, loosening up the linguistics of it and not not having their stupid corporate buzzwords shoved down our throat as much as they were, uh, storyline continuity, things like that. It's one of these things where... You know, it's really like the guy that, that goes to the doctor and complains of a sore groin, and the doctor's like, well, stop punching yourself in the groin, and maybe it won't hurt as much. They've stopped punching themselves in the groin when it comes to getting the basics right, Jake Digman. The thing
1: that's going back to the basics, though, on this is, man, the whole it's, Triple H went
0: from being running the future of the company had a path that was, you know, NXT, the black and gold brand. Yep. And At the time, it was like indie, indie, super
1: interesting Everybody loved it. Like, you know, Survivor Series 2009, where NXT invaded the main roster, and dominated on the on the pay per view. It was like, okay, we have an idea of where we're headed to. And then Vince McMahon wakes up one day and just decides, you know what? Nope. Well, it was probably right after Triple's heart attack. And then, you nope, know, we're changing everything. It's like I don't like any of this stuff. And blah blah blah. blah. And even at that time, I'm, I'm, I'm like. Going, you're 70 some years old, man. You know, you've actually got to look beyond the the, the hanger-ons. Which, uh, um, as was announced today, uh, future. Enjoy your. We wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors, Mr. Johnny Ace. Right. Um, uh, that I. I one can only assume Bruce Prichard is not far from around the corner, not uh, much further down the road. And dare I say, and dare I hope, take Kevin Dunn with you as well. If we're going to do this thing, start over something with... That is where you can start over with a whole fresh new set of ideas, which is what Triple H was starting with his ideas for NXT, What he was the, the vision he had there, which weirdly ended up becoming a, somewhat a variation that turned into AEW. Um, every time I watch AEW, you can see a lot of the old names that were over in stars that yeah. Triple H introduced to a broad audience on NXT. So now... Every single thing that they had built up got completely derailed to go with my friend who has an archaic idea of let's train these guys ourselves. So they all wrestle the same thing, the same style, and it's like people want variety. People want things that's different. You know? That's one of the reasons why, why uh, Black and Gold NXT work. It's the reason why AEW works. Check it's the reason why Ring of Honor has worked for so long. We don't want every single match to be Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Right. You know, there has to be And and it doesn't have to be, okay, well, we have Ray Mysterio. He's our Hispanic guy. That's covered, Right. No. You know, do a little bit of changes that, unfortunately, now, all that work, years and years of buildup got completely wiped away, which is how you know none of this was, well, we all know how it came down. But none of this was in the pipelines nor in the plans for Vince to leave ever because, I was just saying, his ego wouldn't allow for that to happen. Right. Um, now he's got Triple H has to completely reestablish the developmental brand into as well as the um, the main rosters, and it's I think the rebranding into, to I guess it would be NXT would we figure out four or five yes. no, no. some point like yeah. <laughs> something like that, yeah. something like that. But for the sake of WWE continuity, uh, NXT three which is just take it back to what it was before. Uh, it, it just I think that's going to be more of a transition. Roster itself, I really do. The main roster itself, the guys are all professionals. They've been around. They know what to do. It. You got the developmental brand now. He has none of the, the tools that he was using. And not not only that, he doesn't have any of his coaches that he had from before. Right. Like the biggest loss on this, I firmly
0: believe going forward is William Regal. Yeah. They had William Regal still be director of talent relations? Well, yeah. I mean, I a whole, you know, they put him in there. A perfect. gun. It yeah. just absolutely baffles me that. They had a whole system in place,
1: and it was working. And fans were behind it. When like guys, NXT guys, got a call to the main roster, fans would pop. They would know who they were. They'd see them and go, "Okay, I saw them on this show." Now, for the past couple of years, and this is the thing they're going to have to erase from the fans' minds: is you, you see somebody on NXT on freaking USA, and then they debut on the same channel on a different show with a different name. And it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. Then it goes back to your whole thing with, with uh, Vince McMahon.
0: Well, yeah, and that's where again, uh, let's not forget Samoa Joe as well. Samoa Joe would be very instrumental in this system as well, probably, you know, a sidekick to uh, William Regal and helping to run the uh, talent relations and developmental. We talked about the very same time when we were joking about NXT 4.0 or whatever, it was, where I said to you, and this is. This is much along the same lines as the, uh, the the great Walter line from the Big Lebowski. Say what you will about the tenets of National Socialism, dude. At least it's an ethos. I was like, say what you will about this NXT 2.0, but it's going to be congruent with the main roster direction. Because for all these years, every time a guy would get called up... We would all hold our breath until we got blue in the face going, Oh, my God, I hope Vince gets it with this guy and doesn't ruin him. And Vince ruins star after star after star that he was fed on a silver platter by Triple H. And it's one of these things where, you know, you talk about this as far as, you know, Bruce Prichard and uh, Johnny Ace, those guys being in there. Keep in mind, Prichard's last run was up until, I think, 08, which was when he got whacked. Okay. So I was looking at this. They had gone back the last couple of years because not only uh, the guys in NXT that ended up leaving for AEW, but keep in mind the guys on the main roster who they never let get over to a point where they could be headlining shows. We went back to what I had called years ago on this show the lost generation, the entire state of developmental post the class of 2002, which might have been the... That and the Vern Gagne crop that Ric Flair and the Iron Sheik and all of them came out of, those are probably the two greatest crops of all time of talent. But they had nothing after that. They really had, it was just, and, and the guys that they brought up that they pushed, they got sick of, like Mr. Kennedy and all that kind of stuff. You had many, many years where it was sparse, where they were doing the thing of big gym dummies. Well, lo and behold, you look at WrestleMania in 2021, you got in the main event on the one side, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre, so two poster children from the Lost Generation, and then on the other side, you did have Roman Reigns, who does fit uh, under the newer developmental, albeit just barely, uh, Daniel Bryan, who it sort of has a place of his own in WWE history, I guess, and Ed, and Ed. So you weren't seeing in there. I mean, Roman Reigns. By the skin of his teeth, I would classify as one of these guys of Generation H. Basically, anything late model FCW into the NXT developmental system. If I'm gonna, if we're going to count Roman Reigns, then I'm sorry, Seth Rollins. That we have to count Roman Reigns, and and Seth Rollins is a a known protege of Triple H's from that period of time. So you got to say all the Shield guys that and Big E Langston and everybody kind of from there, right? Kind of fits into this Generation H, and They had been, with the obvious exception of Roman Reigns, the sometimes exception of Seth Rollins, marginalized under this new system here. And so now you're going to be seeing a reversion. These guys coming back from the NXT, you're seeing a reintegration with them and with the guys. And obviously you're not going to see Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley pushed aside overnight. They're going to remain substantial guys in there. But they needed more. They needed... Uh, you know, a tier of whether you consider the to be main eventers, upper mid-card, whatever you want to call it, those ranks of legitimate guys have been very thin the last several years. And this is now a point of beefing it up so that you have the 8 to 10 guys in there where it's a viable kind of system to be an actual promotion. First thing, I was like, okay, look at that. He has his girl, and he has his music, he has his NXT presentation. Yep. Yep. Not this never' you know, and, uh, almost,
1: you, you look back on it in it's almost like everything was done out of, like, almost like a spite. Like, I have to give you this position, but almost like Vince knew his time was moving. So, his last-dish efforts were almost, I don't even know if he did it, kind of, I think it might have been subconsciously that he was doing it. And I don't think he was aware of it. Being like, you know, oh, you got this guy on your TV, you know, on, on my developmental brand uh, on his way up here, belt no, squash him. Yeah. I think it just, uh, you know. But CM Punk, you know, he makes money, he would make money in spite of himself. Yeah. <laughs> there's quite a bit of truth to that. And it would be nice if names that are, you know, that can be available that Tony Khan hasn't gobbled up already. And there's some out there that can still come in. I mean, dare we say, you know, a Bray Wyatt would be a Triple H guy yeah. under
0: the Generation H, you know, uh, um, you know cultivated the whole uh, Wyatt family persona. Yeah. That was another one butchered on the main roster. And I think rumors have come out based on, you know, the, uh, fall of the relationship between those two. And that's, a, uh, by those two, I pronounce,
1: well, um, <laughs> um Vince McMahon and, uh, Bray Wyatt, uh, apparently like, you know, almost to the point of bullyism is what it seemed like. Yeah. Coming from Vince's part of like, you know, which is just absolutely weird, especially, you know, for a guy who was going through with documented, uh, mental health issues over the years. So, yeah. um, Another happy reason for the, uh, the old man being sent to early retirement. Uh, but, you know, there Bray Wyatt is a, a, a name that falls under that uh, Triple H. Uh, I regime, I gotta say regime, under the Generation H, as you called it. Um, the, so like the Preparation H was falling into my head. I'm like,
0: that's not right. <laughs> I, I believe that Edwin Christian said that the name is Fact-geme, uh Jake Digman. It's the Factstream. Factstream. Fact. <laughs> How's that, how's that? for a callback? That's a quality one that's, right there. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> yes. Uh but like you know, and there's, but, you know, there's uh,
1: Triple H is doing a good job of filling in these spots. Because I mean, obviously, we had this. Like, we were talking about our State of AEW podcast. We did almost a full. That's the one. Could use two brands because they have so many people on their bloated roster. With well, the WWE, be so many people because we speculated, and this still might be true, that they were, uh, Nick Khan was spinning out the herd in order to sell the company.
0: Which, you know, at the end of the day, who makes the most money if their company gets sold? Well, obviously, yeah. Certainly. <laughs> well, And that's the whole thing, too. I mean, this might all be nothing means nothing in the end because for Vince, he could take the nihilistic point of view of, well, if I'm not going to be involved in it, then what do I care about it remaining in the McMahon family? So this might be the thing that greases the sale here at some point. We have to do this podcast presuming that it's going to stay with status quo with this team. That's the only way that this podcast makes sense is if we assume that. But here's the thing. I mean, and Nick Kahn... yeah, he was thinning out some of the higher paid guys, but I don't know that he necessarily would have been a proponent of Bray Wyatt going because he moved a lot of merch. And that's the whole thing here, too, is that it, in WWE, the, the, the fact that they have always had, and they'll always still have, more of a sports entertainment flavor than AEW. And, you know, again, I can live with that if you get guys getting pushed based on Uh, That's going to be a part of it. And so Bray Wyatt is going to have to be a guy towards the top of the card if he's going to be there. But the thing of it is, is he's a guy you have to handle with extreme care. So it's one of these things where Triple H, if he's got him there, he's going to know how to use him in a way where he doesn't destroy the rest of his roster in order to keep him propped up. Because the problem they've had the last several years has been that They have so few guys on this roster who really draw, and that's the whole thing. I trust that Triple H is not going to be the guy who brings in a guy and feeds a bunch of guys to them trying to get one guy over because they've been doing the whole one or two or three guys over on the entire roster kind not over. over now reached the point where he is uh, transitioning
1: into part-time status in Roman Reigns. And that's even a fair question to say if he is over, and he only has been over with this most recent run as the Tribal Chiefs. Yes. It took a heel turn to get him to the level where they wanted him at. Um, other than that, it's like, you know, everybody else, like, who is your, who is the top baby face? I mean, is it Drew McIntyre by default? Because there's really, I mean, I, I, I think it is, but... That's only like again because there's I can't think of any other option. Though so, I mean Cody Rhodes, he's but he's on the, line. On the shelf, yeah, and he's, he's on the sidelines. So right now, I mean, those are your
0: anybody else? <laughs> Pat McAfee is he number three? I mean, you <laughs> know, listen, he he might be. And here's the thing with Cody is that people are looking at it like, well, might there be any heat because of the throne stuff, you know, in AEW and whatever. But here's the thing, though. I don't think Triple H is going to let that be an issue. But what was shocking to me, I think I've said this on the show, it was shocking to me, not so much that Cody got over in WWE, but that they let him get over with the complete AEW presentation, uh, the music, the, the same persona, everything. And because that was very unvince like to do that. And that was always a thing. You were always waiting for get-or-shoe to drop. Like, at what point, because Vince has done this with Triple H, not Triple H, obviously, but uh, with CM Punk, with Daniel Bryan, of where, okay, I'm going to go against my instincts for whatever period of time. And with Cody, there was always the sense that Vince at some point was going to get sick of pushing something that wasn't his creation. And now that won't be the case. That impediment won't be there there will be no ceiling on Cody. And listen, there are some people that they're going to say there wouldn't been a ceiling on him anyways because he was doing so well. So I don't know. We'll never know how it would have played out in a Vince world uh, coming back, but coming back into the Triple H world, I think things can only get better and better for him. But this is a thing when you look at it of where, you know, I had said a minute or so ago here, and I I want to amplify this and clarify my point of where things haven't been going so well. I, I can already, all of the Twitter trolls out there, well, wait a minute, Rick, they've been doing their best financial the last couple of years. Here's the thing, is that that's been a short-term deal, Jake, of where they've been able to leverage the networks, because the networks are going to get mining ratings all the way around as the, the universe of options is expanding, and Saudi Arabia. To an extent, the networks and Saudi Arabia are basically like the money marks of old. Essentially, a matter of fact, what are the Saudi shows, if not bought shows, right? Isn't that what promotions would do a lot of times sometimes is sell a show to a local promoter and they would, you know, have to take care of all the stuff there. They got the guaranteed money from Saudi Arabia and they got the money from NBC, Universal and also from Fox, money that they were no, in no way, shape or form assured of getting you know, that much or more the next time around as their ratings kept coming down. So everybody kept pointing to the short term of where, oh, you talk about all these things, you Marx talk about all these things, it's not hurting them. It was not going to hurt them in the short term. It was going to start to hurt them in the medium term. And that's what Triple H is getting out ahead of here. Triple H is taking what they have and making it a sustainable project so that there can be that amount of money available in the next TV deal. The money from Saudi Arabia, I think, is going to keep coming in no matter what because, let's face it, they need people to whitewash their atrocities. It's not like the pro golfers are going to do it all on their own. So, you know, that money will always be there uh, just so that you know nobody talks about the atrocities in Yemen. Uh, It it seems to be working, sadly enough, but that's another podcast for another day. But the the networks, they are basically the money marks that weren't always going to be the money marks, Jake. At a certain point in time, you have to start turning it around and giving them better ratings if you want the next deal to be better, and now they're in a chance to do that. Hopefully they do if you're
1: a a diehard WWE fan, because... As you mentioned, you know the, the I do I do like by the way the analogy
0: of them being the, uh, the old school money marks. Is, oh, I, didn't, I didn't really think about that, but it is 100 true because they're signing billion dollar deals, and they, you know even even at the peak of the attitude era with the run of Stone Cold and the Rock, I don't think they're getting that the return back. That being the networks on this investment, right? I really don't. Bubble, they just ballooned so high. You know, you
1: look at the. Um, you know these average salary of a major league baseball player, yeah, and whatnot, or even a low end. So these low end guys is just like holy cow, but again, that's another podcast for a, for another time. Yeah. Um, the benefit to getting these, you know, um, these billion dollar deals and retaining them to a certain point is when talent is available and to be able to compete in the and Tony Khan being able to sign guys and having the money to sign people away and being smart about it and signing them to long-term contracts. So he doesn't have to worry about, you know, pushing a guy for three years and then all of a sudden the dude's leaving and, you know, it's time um, to go, you know, basically you're up up a river. (laughs) The (laughs) guy you built up the whole vibe is gone. So smart to that, it'll give uh, the WWE some leverage in... um, you know, competing with these guys and these different uh, contracts expire. Um, yeah, maybe like a Miro, who knows what his contract's up. He says, "Hey, I'm open to go back." There was a uh, Triple H guy. Yeah. It'll be interesting to me to see what happens in five years about it, depending on the direction. Or four years, or whatever these you know these AEW guys' contracts start coming up. To see you know what they decide to do. Do they decide to stay here? I see. I can see an Adam Cole staying in AEW because his friends
0: are there. Right, You know,
1: they're the guys who are on the show, but like, like Amiro, you know, he, I, don't, I don't really know that he's really a part of that whole elite click thing, right. um, you know, depending on what they do with somebody like, Triple H obviously had really big ideas for uh, Alistair Black, um, I could see, you know, whenever uh, Malachi Black uh, Contract comes up. That's another name, quite possibly. It, it'll just be an exciting time and interesting to see what happens. I do want to, if you don't mind, I do want to circle back though. We were talking about. Do you agree that you
0: don't believe that first pressure is long for this new uh, regime? Correct. Uh, I agree with that because I don't think he fits in with it very well. He seems like the kind of guy who tries to be a chameleon. So I'm sure at this point in time, he's probably telling them all the stuff they want to hear and everything like that. But uh, the whole. Vince Yesman is going to get thinned out. The, the Herd is just going to be getting thinned out. And uh, No, that's not a Jim Herd reference. <laughs>
1: uh a completely different direction, and something could be just as huge as
0: Vince, well, not as huge as Vince, but here there, is Kevin Dunn leaving. Yes. Because Kevin Dunn's fingerprints have been all over this program or the point, they're all homogenized, they look exactly the same. Camera There's cuts, really no yeah. Difference. Camera the annoying, accent, I don't remember it, Well, sure, sure. Kevin Dunn is just pure crap. I mean, it's one of these things where when you're directing style, okay, when, when it comes from looking at a strobe light and saying, oh, you think you got some movement on your fastball? I'll show you something, Mr. Strobe light. That's not a good approach. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And it's like almost to the point,
1: like, it's like if you're not epileptic, it might make you epileptic watching some of these. It like, might. Okay, I think it's also like what Kevin Dunn represents.
0: Yeah. And he represents like the old regime, same thing with, with, uh, with Bruce Pritchard and those guys. They represent like they're, they're glad handing yes men. Yes. And it's like, you know, whenever a new president comes into the
1: Oval Office, you know, all the old president's men lose their job. That's just how it works. Whenever anybody comes in and takes over a new company, you know, if a, if a company hires a new CEO or whatever, a man in charge. Over time, it's his people that get put into the most prominent of roles. Those two, Kevin Dunn more importantly, will always be a Vince McMahon person, a Vince McMahon guy, to the point where you know you know they're on screen dial, you know they're talking to each other. And we, let's be realistic, too. We know that Vince McMahon is currently right now a WWE an unofficial consultant to what's going on. Yes. I don't for one second believe he just went, went away and he's sitting at home and
0: browsing tv going oh my god this is great why didn't i watch this years ago right i don't i don't i don't see this
1: happen. <laughs> so he might not be on there he might not, might not be officially you know employed by the company but i, I see think we're taking this right until he is physically or mentally incapable of doing so um right as of right now uh,
0: Jim Jim, Barnett. Jim Barnett. He just had him. He just had him on on the payroll so that he wouldn't go work for anybody else. Yep, my boy. I guess Jim Ross does a really good impression of him.